terms of that, but I think this is the biggest church that we were allowed to do for the past few months. Yeah. And uh, as Sean has said as well during the, during the um, announcements, uh, there's so much of our guys born in Bay and even Proposed that hasn't experienced gathering with the bigger church, the bigger Josh Jen family, which is such a pity. Um, but this is something of that in gathering with different people from different Josh Jens and, uh, and realizing again that we're part of the same family. And that's, that's absolutely right. amazing. Seeing the little bit of a buzz outside here this morning was, was beautiful in the prayer meeting. So um, I just want to send out a bit of a disclaimer this morning. This preach, uh, and it's entitled Remember My Chains, and oftentimes what happens is you will get someone coming into a congregation and then they, you know, especially with Andrew and some of the, the, the apostolic guys, you also mentioned that where, where they actually come to a congregation and they see something of, you know, there's something lacking in this congregation and they speak into that area as, as such. And I want to say this morning that is not that type of preach because number one, I'm not an apostle. And number two, I haven't spent time with you guys, so I've got no clue where Bourne's Bay is, I've got a good idea of where our guys is, but I do feel this is not a type of preach where I'm correcting. This is not a preach where I'm seeing something lacking, and now I'm speaking into that. And it's important for us to know that, for the reason that I feel this is supposed to be uh, not a heavy word, but an encouraging word. And I do feel that the, the English is a bit lacking in the specific sense when it comes to the word, encouraging word. The Afrikaans has something quite, as a word, but you're the word, was encourage Mokar, and it uses, you know, it says a lot of things. The Afrikaans say, Bermudah in Anmudah. And Bermudah is that type of thing when someone, one of us falls or one of us struggling to get up. Bermudah is that part where you kneel next to your friend and you say, come, pop up, help you open it. You know, he leans on you, this Bermudah. And when, once that guy is up, it's then when you say, listen, let's walk again. Let's start walking again. And this anmuda, then you walk next to that person, you're almost like a cheerleader saying, come on, man, we can do this thing. Let's run together. Okay. So this morning, there's more a bermuda and an anmuda. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be between the two. In some areas, there's going to be a bermuda. But in some areas, I'm going to also anmuda. I'm going to say, come on, man, let's run this thing. So yeah. don't feel in that as if it's a correction because I haven't seen anything, so I can't correct. Is that good? It's good. Like a so there was a scripture on Monday morning. I was still thinking, as many as you do, that uh, Mike DeFay was still preaching. Yeah. So uh, I, I saw even my poor old mom. She was like, yay, Mike DeFay is coming. <laughs> and then she heard it. It's Philip again. Sorry, Ma. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, on Monday morning in my quiet time, I read the scripture and you know something, a sentence, and we're going to read it together now, just stuck in me. It stuck in my head. It was like this echo. And I couldn't get away from it. I couldn't run away from this little sentence. And by Tuesday, when Sean said, listen, sorry, man, Mike isn't coming up, and I knew I was going to preach, I knew that God had something for us this morning. And it's absolutely amazing in seeing what happened in front of you, because you're going to see right now, or just now, how this it falls into the preach and how it falls into what we're going to share this morning. Even the words of the songs that Ruar chose, I, say, I told him this morning, he's pretty prophetic because the words of the songs that we sang this morning 
is exactly what we're going to talk about as well. So that's absolutely amazing how the Holy Spirit confirms with us what He wants to come and do. Alright, so first scripture. I'm going to do a few scriptures this morning, so bear with me. Colossians 4, and it starts there with verse 2. It says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God, number one, may open a door for our message, so that we might, number two, Proclaim the mystery of Christ, of which I am in chains. Pray that I might proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. For number three, the most make the most of every opportunity. That's a mouthful. That first paragraph there. He, he talks about probably the most important thing for Paul at that time. And he's sitting in jail, remember? He's writing this thing out of jail. And he's saying, pray for us. That God may open a door so that we can proclaim the gospel of Christ. That we can talk about Christ again. That we can spread this message about Christ again. Pray for us today. And then he says, make the most of every opportunity again on your side. Uh, which is also, again, talking about the gospel is talking about preaching of the gospel and then it says in verse 18 it says i paul write greeting this greeting in my own hand and then he says this remember my chains grace be with you and that little sentence remember my chains got stuck somewhere in my head and it's it's the only sentence that i heard this week and so i started talking with the lord and i said lord what are you what are you saying what, what is paul actually saying here is he writing this letter to the guys and saying to them, if you think it's going bad on your side, then you must know I'm in jail here. Sure. So please remember my change, man. Remember that it's not going so well with me. Pray for me. I'm struggling here. You know, it's, 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 it's a cold cell and I'm chained together here. So is he, is he kind of asking for some pity, maybe? Uh, is he feeling sorry for himself that he's reminding them that he's in bondage at that time? And I, and, and to me, I don't think so. And, and actually, the Lord led me to go and read Philippians. And something in Philippians gives us the answer to this question is, what is he saying in that? Listen here. It says here, Philippians 1 verse 12 to 14. He says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. He's in, he's in jail again. Yeah. Uh, no, right No, he's in jail again. Yeah. As a result, listen here, as a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I'm in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. And that to me was absolutely amazing. So we now know that in Colossians, the fact that he reminds them of the change is actually to encourage them, is actually to tell them, listen, remember my chains. And, and when he says that, it's actually supposed to put something in them to say, listen, while Paul is in, 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 oh, sorry, in jail, uh, it's something supposed to ignite something in our hearts to do what he cannot do, to do uh, something on his behalf almost. Sure. And I went to my mom, uh, to my mom, I, I, went to my, no, I went to my mom because I couldn't understand why it had that effect on the people. Um, my mom is often a very good source of rational thinking, which I sometimes struggle with. 
Chantal is the other person in my life. <laughs> so I went home, I said, I can't understand this, because if someone would have told me, remember the fact that I'm in jail because I'm spreading the gospel, remember the fact that I'm actually suffering at this point in time because of this that I'm doing, and now I'm actually saying because of that, I want that to actually encourage you to do the same as me. I would have said, no, no. Yeah. That's not the way to encourage someone because <laughs> I might end up the same way as Paul. Yeah. I would have done it the opposite way. I would have said, listen, there's a reward for you in heaven. You know, there's an inheritance waiting for you. That's what would have been my, my way of, of encouraging them. But yet again, Paul said, remember my chains. Sure. And my mom, I said to my mom, it doesn't add up. And she said the following thing to me. That was such wisdom. She said, when Andrew and Emsy shared their testimony of all their hardships that they're going right through right now, when Will shared about the six months that he's got left to live, and we seen week after week on his Facebook page how Will got onto a bike just now, and they drove off on, on motorbikes, and they got, went to, to go and bless and, and speak into the churches in the Eastern Cape. When Andrew's at, MC is sitting at home, she's still sick, she still has the same problems that she's had. She's not healed. And Andrew's off for a, a, almost a week and a half to Namibia to preach the gospel and to speak into the churches on that side. When you look at that, does it fill you with fear? Or does it actually fill you with something of a hope? Sure. And that's what happened in me. When I look at Andrew, they actually there's something that stirs in me when I look at those guys. That's right. Seeing that they're going through hardships, it actually has the opposite. And I don't know why, maybe that's a mystery to me. Mm. But it has an opposite effect on me. I'm looking at a world. And I'm saying, Lord, if you can do that with a world, mm. I want to be that. I want to be the guy that you tell, listen, you've got six months to live. And then I'm saying, for this six months... I'm going to give it my all for Christ. Yeah. I want to be that guy. Come on, William. So when, when, when Paul says, remember my chains, it's, there's an encouragement in that. Yeah. There's an encouragement saying, I want you to be what I cannot be while I'm not there. Sure. And it's supposed to stir something in us to say, listen, I want to step in the shoes that Paul is leaving while he's in jail. Come on. Is that good? It's great. With me. That's it's great. Come on. Now, come on, I've got two awesome children. <laughs> <laughs> and during this week, and that's why I asked you, listen, and I know this is difficult, man, to do communion these days with COVID and stuff. But I said, listen, there's, there's something that reminds me of Paul saying, remember my chains. And as we did this communion this morning, and sorry, I'm probably going to chunk a bit this morning, but yeah, there's something that the Lord deposited in my heart tonight. And I pray to you this week, so Lord, if I can just one ounce of what you, you gave me this week, if I can impart, if I can hand it out this morning, I would love to, because I'm broken before the Lord this week. I'm broken before Jesus this week, not in a bad way, but in a way looking at Him and saying, oh, Jesus. And I said to Sean, can we do communion? Because there's another, there's another person that said, remember, and that's Jesus. Mm. When we do communion and when he sat with his disciples, and there's a scripture, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23 to 25, where Paul now, again Paul, the one that said, remember my chains, where he references and he puts it back to Jesus. He points back to Jesus again. He says here, for I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. And he wasn't at that table. 
So Jesus spoke to him well on that road to Damascus when he met with Jesus. Jesus spoke to him these things. So we know now this is something that's so important to Jesus. It wasn't just a, a, a meal he shared with his, with his disciples that last evening. This is something that's so dear to the heart of Jesus. Sure. Because it's the first thing, it's one of the things that he spoke personally to Paul. He says here, For I pass unto you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread, and he gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces, and he said, This is my body, which I have given for you. Do this in my remembrance. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. And suddenly, that sentence in my, in my heart that started off with remember my change changed. And it was for the rest of the week I was remember my cross. Remember me. It was as if almost Jesus come, came to took the, take the place of Paul and my reverence and my admiration for guys like Paul and my admiration for guys like Andrew Seeley and MC, my admiration for Will Moran. And it's almost as if Jesus came to stand in front of me this week. And he said, remember me this morning. And that's why it's so beautiful this morning as we kicked off the service, where Jesus almost entrusted himself into the service. And he came to stand in the center of it. And he said this morning, and he kicked off this morning, it's about me. It's about me. And even when we're looking inwards now, we're going to do that a little bit now. There's going to be an aspect of introspection where you might feel, oh, I'll follow off your call. I'm going to you. It's going to end with Jesus again. Come on. I promise you. It's going to end with Jesus again, who's our hope. So Jesus was saying to us, remember what I did on the cross. Remember my obedience to my Father. Remember that my submission to the will of my Father to save you. To save you from an eternity without me, without the presence of my Father, to save you from an eternity in hell. And also, secondly, remember that I came to set the captives free. It says here in Luke 4 verse 18, and I think we so often, as children of God, we look at God, and I think you mentioned it a little bit earlier as well during during what you shared on my the lamp. You remember what it says? You go, oh, I'm going to come back to that. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 right. But there's something of we are so practiced, well versed in coming to God, Father God, when we need uh, 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 Him to look after us, when we need Him to be the provider. We are so, oh, Lord, we, we come to you. Bless this food on the table. You know, we, we, we're well versed in that. We're well trained in that. We know our Father God as a Father in terms of a provider and as a Father over us. And then for Jesus, we very well know Jesus as the one that came to die on the cross, spill his blood to save but there's something that often we neglect, and that's the part where, where Jesus has not only came to save, but to set the oppressed free. Yeah. And that is something for the here and the now. Yeah. Because so often we struggle in this life to overcome certain temptations and certain struggles and certain sins and certain old natures of us. 
And it is Jesus that died on the cross to not only come and save me, but also to come and set me free. Yes. So I can run for him fully. And it's followers, as, right. as he said. Followers. I say. Followers. Families. So Luke 4, verse 18 says the following. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's actually quoting out of the Old Testament. This was a very profound thing that Jesus did. It's a scripture in Isaiah, and Jesus is in the synagogue, and he takes the scroll, or they give him the scroll, rather. And he opens it, opens it up, and this is a prophecy over Jesus. And then he goes and stands in front of them, and he says this. This is what Isaiah is talking about. This is me. This is me. And he says the He says then, so Jesus proclaims this over himself. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, which refers to salvation. And then it says that the oppressed will be set free. Come on. And this morning there's a part of me that feels that sometimes, Sometimes when we pray and when we talk and in our conversations, when we when we say when we talk about the name of Jesus, we pray and we end it off Jesus now. Was Jesus now? And when we pray for each other, sometimes and we even when we minister, we, we pray in the name of Jesus. But do we really understand what it is when we start to pray for someone in the name of Jesus? Because sometimes it becomes just another sentence in our armor, in our, in our vocabulary. Yeah, that's good. And do we really understand that we are actually, what we are actually doing when we are praying and saying the name of Jesus? There's an old, uh, not an old song, there's a song that we sing. Um, you all know it. I'm not going to sing it now. Come on, man. Come on, Willem. <laughs> It says, when he walks into a room, yeah. when he walks into a room, everything changes. Mm. And I think so often, when we interact with each other as his children, we don't come with that posture. We don't come, we, we say in the name of Jesus. And we, and we know him in the name of Jesus. We know him. It's not that we don't know him. But do you really believe that when Jesus is stepping into this situation, when he's stepping into this room this morning when we gathered, that everything will change? That nothing will be like it was yesterday? That he's got the ability and the power not only to save those that do not know him, but he's got the ability and he wants to come and set free right. those that are captive. That's good. And there were instances in the past year that I've never experienced before in my life where we were in situations where Jesus stepped in. Mm. Last weekend, Grace, you're going to share for now. Last weekend, we had a, a, a very similar service to what we just had now. And I want Grace to just share in short, but in her own words, what she experienced. Go Grace. Grace. So even in my experience then of the other of some of the others and as in the summer says Jesus and Jesus Hello, it is Grace and 
ik het pad kan met terug uit die terugkom en toe was het, die was het was aan en soos ek liet, ek het letterlijk my goed by die deur en was het en toe voel ek net soos die gaan iets soos binnen en by en het was een ongelooflike gevoel en het was net soos, joh en ek het gestaan, toe was het was aan en ek het daar gestaan soos ek het niks gedoen, ek het net soos net gewicht en Maar het was soos iemand soos die altijd vir my soos spookt en sê en so kan jy, so kan jy uit die jaren waar my net uitgeloos het waar hy moment en ek het net in die hoogse kunne gegaan en gebid en en ek denk dat ek bad en sê sê die jaren toe net dat jy wel sam met my en palom bad toe om die hond soos uitnodiging en sê soos hy voel soos iemand wat soos van die pak daar begin het en weer wel terug en soos ek sta in die pad en toe maak ek my oor op en het voel nie soos iemand stoot my en die volgende moment toe sien ek nie my hees en my bellum en al wat ek my mond het op my das en doen nie wat jy sal my moet doen wauw I came to Chris, we were praying for Chris and I looked back and Chris was on his knees and he was sobbing in front of him. Not sobs of, 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 of sadness, but as Jesus walked into our meeting last week, he just broke in front of me. I looked, at some point, I just wanted to check if he's okay, at some point I looked on him. And he would look up at me, but there was just tears. And I said, is you all right? Or what is bezig om te gebeur met jou? He said, is bezig of my device, where he took me from, and where yeah. he, what he's doing with me. Come on. Yeah, he just broke it. in front of Jesus. Come on. I'll never forget the only deliverance. We went to Sean's house, and Sean and Chantel, and we were praying for her. And the only had a proper deliverance. <laughs> 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 it was, I was <laughs> and at some point, at some point, we, we not hit a wall, but that thing was just, I worried that lost me. And we were like, doing all the stuff that we know how to do. And we were taking authority. I remember Chantal at some point said, Willem, you have to work with the only one standing here. He man and I, you take authority. And I said, I'll take all the authority that I can. Nothing is happening. And what we knew, Jesus wanted to bring a breakthrough. We knew in that time that Jesus wanted to set her free from that thing. And I'll never forget that. And I don't know if you guys can remember that moment. There was a moment. When that strong man was holding on to him. And when and I almost it was almost as if I could see Jesus coming into that room. And he was going to stand behind him. There was, was something in my spirit just recognizing that Jesus just walked into this room. And I remember the only thing that could have come out of my mouth was just Jesus. 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 That's all that I could have. I, I, and then when Jesus came there, something broke. That's right. And I know you released it in that time. Mm. Yeah. And I think so often, I think so often, 
when we say the name of Jesus, when we talk about the name of Jesus, when we pray in the name of Jesus, I think something of, in our hearts of knowing that Jesus is stepping into that situation, when we confess with our mouths that when two or more gather, there am I, do we really believe in our hearts of hearts that Jesus is here and that he wants to save and set free? Mm. 1 Corinthians 12, and I'm going to change the direction slightly now. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27 says, Now you are the body of Christ and individual members of that. And I had such a dur moment this week. I was looking at myself and said, Dear Sivalumpi, how did you miss that? And, and I know there's a lot more spiritual people than I. I know about the body of Christ. I know we are the body of Christ. I know we individual members of the body of Christ. But for some reason, <laughs> I never thought of this picture of Jesus standing and that I am his hand. And as Jesus is moving, that I am his hands and feet that is moving. And this week, that became so clear to me. It became such a, 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 a real thing to me that not only are we the body and individual members that God wants to use us, but we literally are the hands and the feet of Jesus. Because Jesus is not here. Mm. And as Paul is saying, remember my chains, and Jesus is saying, remember my cross, we must remember that we are His body. Yeah. And there's two areas of His body that I want to highlight this morning. There's many others. But this morning I felt that Jesus wants to come and tell us that number one, we are His hands and feet. And number two, that we are His mouth. 2 Corinthians 4 5, verse 14 and 15 says this. It says, either way, Christ's love controls us. Other translations says it compels us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and who reigned with them. We no longer live for ourselves. And there was something about that picture. His love controls us. That I suddenly realized, you know, it's not always that His love is sending us messages or instructions. Well, it is in the form of instructions, but it's not that little marionette with a string attached and now He controls us. But it's actually we are His hands and feet as we form part of Jesus. He sometimes wants to use us as His hands and His feet to take us into places to take us into Him, into situations where He cannot take if we don't take Him there. Sure. And we are that hands and feet as Jesus could stroll on the earth. I just shared, Yaku uh, just shared with me a, a, a scripture where Jesus was walking around past the man uh, that needed Him. And so Jesus could take Himself while He was on earth wherever He needed to go past the people that He wanted to touch. But as Jesus is not here, you and I, are that hands and feet of Jesus and where Jesus wants to walk into the life of a person, when Jesus wants to go into a specific situation, are we taking him there? Sure, that's good. When Jesus wants to touch someone, are we using our hands for his hands to touch a person? And I'm talking about physical touch. I mean, these days with COVID, we almost can't, but, but sometimes Jesus wants to just give someone a hug. 
the last one that I want to finish off, I want to land, and then we're gonna. Give it back to Sean because I don't know whether I'll spread it that's, that's the easy part then. The last one is the mouth of Jesus. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 19 and 20, it says there, For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And listen there. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. He gave that to us. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal now through us. God is making his appeal now through us. And then there's a little add-on there. You can go to the last slide. We speak for Christ when we plead. Come back to God. Mm. Come back to God. And this morning I want to say to us, as a people that we are the mouthpiece of Jesus there's so many people there's so many circumstances at your work or wherever you might go where, where those people need to hear about the love of Jesus where those people need Jesus to step into that situation because if we don't take him there he will never be able to go there we are the ones that needs to take Jesus into places where they will not, where he cannot go. Because people that don't know him don't know him. Yeah. People that don't know the Jesus that we know will not be able to experience him in, his, in their lives if we don't take him there. Mm -hmm. And he wants to use our hands and our feet this morning. He wants to enable us, and that's where I want to point back to Jesus. And I'm going to ask my mom to come up. She shared a prophetic word with me this week. Yeah, come on. Come, Mama. <laughs> she shared a prophetic dream because I was asking the Lord, Lord, how do you want to land this? And I told you, there's going to be a bit of introspection. There's going to be a part of us that's looking at this and say, oh my goodness, Jesus, I was so useless at being doing this thing. I can see good with that thing. But as she shared a prophetic word with me earlier this week, I just felt I wanted to end off with this because we're going to land it on Jesus this morning. Yeah. Because it's not us, it's Him. It's not our power, it's His power working through us. And obedience is just that, obedience. Listening to His voice and then saying, I don't have what it takes, but I'm doing because you are asking of that. And there's something about the, the details in the prophetic dream of uh, picture that he gave my mom that I want you to listen to very carefully this morning and from there I'm going to give it back to to Sean for whatever the Lord wants to do with that. Last week um, the, uh, God dropped something into my heart and although the word was for somebody else it started to minister back to me and I still is grappling with it because it's it's like a word so deep for me that I can't grasp it. It's just out of reach. And I'm still praying about it. But this was how it came to me. That God says, do you fully realize how much I relied on Jesus? For my whole plan was relying on Jesus. I totally trusted my son. I totally leaned on him that he will do and complete what I've sent him out to do. 
Do you realize that I had no alternative plan? Do you realize that if he failed, I have no plan B? And he said to me this words that my scripture says, don't put your investment into one basket. But I did. I put my whole plan to reconcile with man in one basket. And that is my son, Jesus Christ. And then he turned around and he said, why don't you do that? Why don't you trust fully? And he said to me that because you... There's some symptoms that show you do 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 it. And he gave me two scriptures and he says, Peter said, what I have, I do not have anything, but what I have is the name of Jesus. Get up and be healed. And the second scripture he gave me, he said to me that those that trust, lean, fully trust on Jesus will never be disappointed. Wow. So he sends us out. In that name, in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen.